episode 336, WandaVision, season one, episode six, all new Halloween spooktacular. Welcome to level seven. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hey everyone, welcome back. Welcome back to Welcome to Level 7. This is the place where we're going to talk about WandaVision because we like the MCU and WandaVision is definitely in the MCU. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here with some people who may or may not be who they seem to be. There's Samantha over there, Stuart over there, but but they have different faces. Mm -hmm. They look so different. And what happened to our accents? <laughs> what happened mm-hmm. to your accent? Oh, yeah, I got an accent, don't you know? Well, you know, when I get <laughs> really stressed out, y'all, I, I start sounding more and more of my native, native Southern, so. And, when I, <laughs> and, and for me, I go north. It's a true story, yes. <laughs> I go north with that, so let's get going, eh? No, you're still not there yet. You're, you're saying the H in North. It's true, but that's, well, I'm, I'm not sure what it is for you. Um, but, but for me, that would be more Western Canada and less, less of Ontario Canada. So yeah, going to the North. Yes. Okay. So, Hey, we need to get started because there's a lot to unpack here and there's just so, so much going on and we have, we have to talk about, did we skip a decade? Because we, we may have skipped a decade here by, by jumping into this episode. Um, I did not expect to end up where we were in television history. What a pleasant surprise it was. We'll talk about that in a moment. But if you are just joining us, we uh, welcome. I've already welcomed you, but I'm going to welcome you again. I'm going to let you know that this podcast, we don't spoil things that haven't happened yet, but we talk about everything that has happened so far. And so if you've not watched this episode yet, uh, this, this, uh, all new Halloween spooktacular, um, we will be talking about it very specifically and, and it will spoil it for you. Uh, if you have already, if you have not already seen it. So. Um, yeah. let's also mention that we're also going, maybe talking about the X-Men universe as well. It, that is true. That is true. Although the X-Men universe stuff we may be talking about is very, very old. So, and we've done episodes about yes. it. So, um, kind of our policy is if we've done an episode about it on this podcast, then it's kind of free game for us to talk about. We've made special expectations, uh, excep- exceptions, not expectations. We've made special exceptions because, uh, we'll watch a movie and, and say, well, we don't want to spoil this thing that we've already talked about because there's something really exciting that that would happen for you if it was not spoiled. But yeah. Yeah. So I, I almost feel like I don't know where to start, but maybe we should just start at the very beginning. A very good place we should start to start here. when you read. Do you we begin. need to change? What? Sorry. Do we need to change the name of the podcast? 
to, to what? Welcome to Westview. <laughs> I, I saw that sign and I just thought to myself, it, it's a magical place. It is a magical place. I mean, it just looked like it, uh, the cards that we used to see at the very beginning of Agents mm-hmm. of S.H.I.E.L.D. Just saying Tahiti, it's a magical place. Mm-hmm. Are, are we going to change the name of the episode, though, or the podcast? No, 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 we're no, not. no. No, we're 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 keeping even when Agents of Shield went to the color levels, we kept our number level. And, and so here we are. That's because we know what's right. All right. <laughs> also, it's it's hard to, you know, rebrand a podcast once you've been going for three hundred some episodes. And I mean I guess we could rebrand, but I do want to redo our artwork though. It's nothing against the artwork that we have uh, that, that Daniel J. Lewis made for us, but I, I do wonder if it's time for us to to do a facelift on the the podcast artwork. But that's I something. I wish that, I was an artist. You're not the only one. <laughs> you're not the only one who wishes you were an artist. Um, but thanks. Yeah. No. I, I think seriously, I I can do enough to kind of look okay. And I did do some podcast art for some things, um, but I've been so glad to be able to replace the podcast art that I did for the different podcasts where I did the podcast art. It was so nice to replace it with something that looked good. <laughs> so, yeah. So about WandaVision. Starting with the credits. Can we start there? The opening credits? Yes. I, I just want to say you're not the boss of me. You're not the boss of me. You're not the boss of me and you're not so big. I I did not expect Malcolm in the Middle. I was delighted, but did not expect it. I haven't seen enough Malcolm. In the, I, I knew that it was Malcolm in the Middle, but I didn't get all the in jokes of Malcolm in the Middle. So I didn't. It wasn't a show I was super watching. I can't say I got a lot of in jokes, but I did get a lot of style stuff. Yes. from that show yeah. like the, very important the narration the sound effects when things were happening like eyes opening and closing when when uh, pietro was sleeping uh that kind of thing this opening credits where it's this very vhs style chaotic style um also though i don't know if they were intentionally doing this but it very much felt like it was riffing on alf as well I don't know how much you remember from Alf, but the first couple of seasons of Alf, he picks up a video camera and goes around the house and creates chaos, including looking in the bathroom when someone was in their bathrobe and people trying to close the door on him. And it was just, it felt like a nice mashup of Alf and, and Malcolm in the middle for that opening credits. Huh? I didn't even think about that. Well, why would you? Alf was eighties. You know, that's true. But, but I that was one of the earliest sitcoms I remember watching, which is, is odd because Alf was in the 80s and Malcolm in the Middle didn't premiere until the year 2000. Yeah, we have to talk about some date stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that bit. In the year 2000. <laughs> which they continue doing until what, 2005? And <laughs> Or whatever it was, I don't know. I I wouldn't be surprised if they still do it. Oh, man. So, Mm -hmm. you want to talk about the dates then, now? Malcolm in the Middle. Sure. Year 2000. 
there's some other movies that get referenced in this. There is a double feature in Westview Theater. And it had two movies that thematically fit very nicely with this episode and this show. The Incredibles. One, obviously, that one, they've never seen because every single person in this show is wearing a cape. (laughs) (laughs) And the cape, I don't know, I wouldn't say it necessarily got Vision in trouble, uh, but the cape was what was stayed in the field as he was trying to pull himself out of the of the field. See, if they but, just listened to Ed Mode, he'd have been <laughs> fine. But no. Yes, but here's a here's the thing about capes in this episode. I think this is the first time in the, in the entirety of the MCU where Paul Bettany was actually wearing a cape because the cape he wears for the actual Vision is CGI. So it's actually not there. I'm wondering if it was CGI here as well. Oh, uh, okay. it looks CGI. Well, she's what you're not, referencing, Samantha. Not his the, Halloween costume, though. Is that what you're saying? Right. Not the not the yeah. green and yellow Halloween costume, which we'll we'll but, talk about. But but yeah, when he he changes into his actual Vision, like MCU Vision costume, then yeah, it's the cape is CGI. So it's the Incredibles and it's Parent Trap. Now, The Incredibles came out in theaters in 2002. Parent Trap came out in theaters, if we're talking about the Lindsay Lohan one, in 1998. Now, if we're talking about the Haley Mills one, it's it's 1961. And I did not know these years off the top of my head. I did look them all up. But mm. if, I mean, for a double feature... You know, Westview, let's just put it this way. I doubt Westview, the actual city, had those two movies on as a double feature. I think this is a recreation that Wanda created and that the people writing this series were like, hey, we got some two, we got two Disney movies that are super thematic that can go along with this. Parent Trap and Incredibles. I think they just went for that era that was right around the turn of the millennium. Um, I would call those my high school years. Cause that is right, right around the time I was in high school. Um, because if you think about it, a sitcom from that premiered in 98, 99 is very, very different stylistically com- compared to a sitcom that was from like, say 92, 94. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought they might be going for like that Roseanne kind of thing especially knowing that this was a halloween episode roseanne was a show that did the halloween thing Mm -hmm. every year they did a special halloween episode and there's some other shows that did it as well but but roseanne is the one that i remember where it was really something they embraced and and got i I wouldn't say it got dark but they would do these pranks where people were getting their heads chopped off and things like that (laughs) yeah what if it's what if it's a story reason? What if Wanda is trying to keep, for whatever reason, we don't know yet, but she is telling the episodes in decade years, but because she's losing the grip, losing her grip on everything, stuff's starting to get a little blurry? I hmm. would agree with that a thousand percent, because I think that's what is happening. Definitely. And... We'll get to it at the end, but she actually expends 
more energy last episode mm-hmm. when she turned the barrier more red and and walked back in. And now I feel like obviously she's expended a lot of energy and we'll talk about how that fits into some other stuff here. But yeah, I, th- I think that there's definitely something going on where she is not in, as in control as she was before. Another thing that causes her to expend a lot more energy is is there's more people. There's children everywhere now. And for the children. Yeah. For the children who weren't there. And I thought, you know, they're talking about for the children where it was literally, I think we even talked about like, what if this whole thing is a setup to get her children, you know, and, and, or to get her to have children and then to take her children or whatever. And, you know, cause it felt very cult like and villainous when they would say the, for the children thing. But that does bring up another theory I have that is potentially what if this whole thing is happening because Wanda is actually pregnant with the children when this all started? Like what if Wanda had children in her womb when the snap happened and when the blip brought her back and she fought Thanos, she had children in her womb and maybe didn't know it and found out after everything settled down. And that's what set everything off. So the uh, so the last night when when in Infinity War, the last time we saw Vision and Wanda sort of being alone, right? Um, that you think that it would happen then? Yeah. Now, of course, the question is um, how. <laughs> but, hey, but we're that's the question. About comic book stuff. Well, no matter what, the question is how, like no matter when or where it happened, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, that question is, is, is going to raise its ugly head. But, um, yeah, it's well, Wanda is extremely powerful, um, as we've stated many times before. So if she wanted to conceive, conceive just because at a whim, she could, but I don't know if she was aware of that power before the snap you know i don't know if she was aware of how powerful she could be back then to even think that i could do this but but it's a theory it it is an interesting thought that these children were she created this whole thing for the children so they could be born have a life with their father you know and and these twins would not you know like wanda and pietro Wanda and Pietro had, you know, they grew up without their parents. And so this is her creating a world for the children. Now, there's there's no indication that that's actually what happened. Like, I'm the only thing that makes me say it is thematically, story-wise, like you were saying. You know, thematically, this could work, but there's no way of knowing until we let them play it out for us. And then we'll see. Where does this go? Where does it go? But we're going to, we're going to put a pin in that because I think, uh, Pietro references that. In fact, it's not my theory. It's my wife's theory. Um, Pietro references that later in the episode. Well, let's, let's, mm-hmm. let's talk about the plot of, okay. of this episode. I mean, it's, it's again, Pretty simple. When they break it down in these half-hour episodes, it's it's pretty simple. The, it's Halloween. Vision says he's going to go on Neighborhood Watch. So Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. I'm using all their superhero names. So Wanda and Pietro take the boys out trick-or-treating. 
And Pietro uses his powers to do pranky things because it's Halloween and he's causing trouble. And Vision is out exploring and out figuring out what's going on and finds a whole lot of disturbing things on the edges of Westview. Like people who are just repeating the same action over and over again, like they're caught in this loop. And and one of them's crying. Agnes. Agnes, for, Agnes forgets where she's going, doesn't know how to get there. and Or does she? Uh, we can talk about that in a minute. But yes. <laughs> she has this whole conversation with Vision where she kind of snaps out of it and says, you're an Avenger, help us. And he doesn't know what an Avenger is. And then he goes to the edge. He goes outside and calls for help to the people outside. The people outside are sword and they're not interested in helping. But the one of their boys i can't remember i think it's is it, ah, i don't know if it's billy or tommy i should have written it down but one of their boys i'll write it down one of their boys tommy becomes, speed, billy's wiccan okay so billy realizes dad's out there and needs to be brought back in he's hurting so wanda instead of bringing vision in expands the field of energy to include now most of the sword agents the soldiers and their vehicles turns it into a circus. Who's not in there? Well, Hayward's not in there. Also, Monica is not in there. And Jimmy Woo is not in there. Because Monica and Jimmy Woo are going to go get the vehicle that they need. So they can go back in. They were taken off the case by Hayward. Darcy is in there. Because she got conveniently handcuffed to a, a truck. <laughs> so she's <laughs> she's stuck in the field now. But the field of energy has expanded, and that's pretty much the plot. There's details, obviously, that we're going to talk about, but I, I really think that there's so much stuff to talk about that the we need to do this newspaper style, hit the stuff that's most important that you really, really want to talk about first. So if we run out of time, these other things, we can just let it slide. So I turn it over to you. Should we talk about Agnes? Do you want to talk about the boys? You want to talk about... Pietro, the commercial? Um, well, the episode starts from the point of view of the boys, so I suggest we start there. Okay, so here's... So, Tommy is the cool one, and Billy, as you said, Wiccan? Yeah. Wasn't Wiccan a member of the... Um, young Avengers? The, the Young Avengers, but also the kids back in... Um, with the dinosaur... Runaways? Or, yeah. I don't know. I, I want to say I don't think so, but I really, I don't know if, if, if he was or not. He was well, part and, of the Young and, Avengers, And if though. he was, right. And it, oh, you know what? I think I read the crossover in Civil War where they team up for something. So the Young Avengers and Runaways team up for something. So that makes sense. So... Okay, so that's where I was recognizing him from. Okay, that's all I have to say about the kids. Go. So I think that Billy and Tommy are aware that they're that they were born in a hex. They're not sure what's on the outside of the universe, but they know that mommy makes something magical in this specific area in this town. And they're very aware of it. I think they're very aware of the magic for sure. Uh, but when they talk about don't go past Ellis Avenue, which, by the way, named after President Ellis. Maybe. 
President Ellis not being a real president, or, but being a president from the MCU. Oh, yes, that's right. Or Ellis Island, which features pretty prominently in the first X-Men movie. Mm. It's true. It's true. Mm. We. <laughs> this is where things get really messy, because we don't know how <laughs> deep they're going into this whole uh, multiverse thing. We just don't know. And... No. We don't. Yeah. So what, we're talking about the boys, though. Let's talk about the boys, then we'll get into okay, the multiverse. Yeah, and... I, I really want to talk P- about Pietro, because in my notes, I literally wrote a whole paragraph about Pietro. Okay, so let's so, finish yes, talking but... about the boys, and then we can move to move to Pietro. Uh, because the boys, I, 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 they definitely know there is something unusual about Mom, something different about Mom. You know, the last episode, you can bring him back to life. You can fix dead. Why can't you fix, fix dead? You know, and, and here... They not only know that mom has powers, but they know that Uncle Pietro has powers. They know that dad has a red face and now they have powers. Mm-hmm. And so if these are real children. And there's my declaration. Which was. And- that those kids are X-Men. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I'm, I, I won't go that I'm far, not but they're, that. they're mutants. <laughs> they're mutants. Yeah. Um. Well, in the very beginning, when Billy is talking into the camera, he says that Halloween's about family and candy and being someone else for a whole day. So to me, that kind of hints that maybe they have an idea of what's going on. Maybe not fully understanding what the real world is like, but they know that there's something special going on in their family and in their town. Yeah. Also keeping in mind, this is their entire world. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Vision, he doesn't know what's on the outside. He doesn't know his history, which we had that whole scene in in the Family Ties living room where he's saying, yelling, I'm scared because he doesn't know. But yeah, there's they they definitely know that it's not usual as well. Right. But again, they're born. They grow up and now we have Halloween and the town is filled with other children, which is very unusual. And we'll talk about it when we talk about Pietro. Yes. I have a feeling we're going to spend half the episode talking about him. <laughs> There's so many things we could spend him. half the episode talking about. Oh my so, gosh. <laughs> is there anything else left in for the, for the boys? Just that their costumes were comic accurate. That was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I shouldn't say their costumes were. The color of what Tommy, the speedster, did I get it right? Yes. The color of what Tommy was wearing when he was wearing street clothes were was his comic book coloring in, in, in his costume in, in the comics. Meanwhile, Billy is actually wearing a costume that looks like his costume from the comics. Then... Tommy switches over with his uncle to look like Quicksilver. And so now we have these two guys running around in almost identical Quicksilver costumes and hair. And so that that's kind of cool. And then you have, of course, Wanda and Vision, both looking very, very comic accurate in their costumes. I mean, that's that's their comic accurate costume from the 70s, the 80s, from the comics that I was reading that had them in it. That's what they look like. And and 
if you want to see what next year's costumes are going to look like, there they are. <laughs> You're going to see how many Scarlet Witches and how many Visions. Yeah, if, if comic conventions were happening more often, you would definitely see oh these gosh, being yes. cosplayed. Yeah. Yes. The interesting, the interesting thing about the choice of these specific comic accurate costumes, um, I believe Elizabeth Olsen, when she signed on to become Scarlet Witch, she specifically stated that she did not want to wear a costume that looked exactly like in the comics. But here she's wearing it ironically, but it fits into the story because they're doing this Halloween episode. I did. I'm not sure how much truth there is to this, but I believe I saw a headline or something saying that for this, she did want the comic accurate costume. Now they MCU'd her. her Okay. Interview. But yeah, she's for this show. She did want to want to wear the costume and and show up in the costume. So, yeah, but I I think what she wanted to do was get away from the skimpy look that she and and the comic comic. I mean, it's fine for a comic book because that's the style. I mean, you, you want something that's bright and colorful to stand out on the page. But it doesn't look as necessarily as cool on screen when you have people actually dressed up in it it doesn't translate well especially um, vision with the the yellow <laughs> and the green and the red and the and the, the box dracula cape and uh, the boxers <laughs> i did see a, an interview with with uh, elizabeth olsen a long while ago complaining a little bit about her costume because her costume in avengers it, it showed off cleavage you know and it's like what what's going on here? All these guys are in their costumes and it's like this body armor and it's like covering every piece of their body, but not mine, you know? And, and she made a really good point. I I did not make the point that she made well, but she made it very, very well where she's just looking at and saying, well, what's the deal here? You know? And it's kind of like the difference between Zack Snyder's Amazon's and and patty jenkins amazons you know like right exactly his looked tough but they were there to have a look and hers looked tough because she wanted them to look tough you know and and so he's wanting you to look at them and she's wanting them to look tough and and very different costume styling and i definitely have a, a preference um because you know i I have daughters, you know, <laughs> I'd much rather have my daughters looking at Wonder Woman, Patty, Patty Jenkins, Amazons and saying that's strength than looking at Zack Snyder's Amazons and saying that's what people want us to look like. But yeah, and I, I can I, I totally agree. I mean, actually, the only place in any sort of sci fi where I'm OK with a, a little peek at the cleavage is funny enough in the next generation um um oh gosh (laughs) the klingons the female klingons because truthfully in armor to have your chest exposed like that like you see in a lot of sci-fi female costumes it's dangerous because you're exposing your heart but with the klingons to expose your heart it's like i dare you I dare you to, to come <laughs> in my heart. That yeah. I can honestly say that is the first reading of the Lursa and Bator costumes that I've ever heard that I sense. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only place where I'm comfortable with it because 
they they crave war. It's it's part of their culture, male and female. And um, but realistically, for a woman, um, armor. I mean, even just to show the shape of of the breasts, that's that's even dangerous because um, because if you if say you have a sword coming at you, you want it to deflect away from the center of the chest. And even on the Patty Jenkins. Uh, Wonder Woman, that that kind of encourages, say, a sword to come towards the heart. Um, well, some of so, that armor just falling down in it could kill you because it's like yeah. <laughs> like that part that's in the cleavage itself where, you know, you have the armor coming to a point resting against the chest, against the sternum. Right. And just for someone to fall down like that could like crack your rib cage. I mean, it's just. Obviously, comic books, movies, they're they're made for the visuals, you know, but um, and then you see Scarlet Witch in this outfit and you're like, yeah, she looks good in it, but it looks stupid. It looks (laughs) silly. It looks silly in the right way here, though. Like, that's that's the the best part of it. But, you know, you know, Marvel can do this. I mean, they show um, Scarlett Johansson. What's her character's name? Black Widow. Black Widow. But what's her, like, uh, Nat? They show her be, I mean, she is a warrior. She's not dressed super skimpily, but she looks very good, right? So, I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, whatever. They are able to pull it off to where it doesn't accentuate certain things without diminishing other things. Well, but it's like you start a story, you write a story, and you can start in two different places. One is, what's the message I want to tell? And the other is, what's the story I want to tell? And the same is true for costume design, where one way you start is, what do I want it to to look like? And how do I want it to look, you know, and, and how do I want the, the, the gaze to go toward the person who's wearing this costume? And the other is... How do I want it to be, you know, am I going to start with the practicality of the costume or the look of the costume? Which one comes first? And, you know, if you're starting with practicality, you're going to have a different kind of armor than if you're going to start with just the visual. It'll be it'll be different. So, you know, it's really interesting on both Buffy the Vampire Slayer and on the show Charmed, the the first version. Um they had episodes where they explored that, you know, what's practical versus what looks what looks good. And there were a few episodes where they wore sweats to go and do their work. That was physical. Um, and that eventually went away in favor of you know, what looks good on screen. Yeah. And there's there's layers and there's levels and, you know, I'm not going to denounce everything where you have someone who's looking good, you know, but, right, yeah. but I, I do denounce it if I can pick up where they're coming from and, and the, the method and the, the motive behind it. So, yeah, but here I love context the look. Plays, it's, it's context plays a lot into this. Here, yes, absolutely. The context works really well. Yes. It's a, it's a goofy Sorry, costume on a lovely you. lady and it's, <laughs> and it works so well. It works so well. Um, and also, uh, Paul Bettany, that dude, are they padding his arms? Or is this guy really that buff? Because there's some moments, and it's not just here in, in this episode, but there's been some other moments earlier on where he's filling out those shirts 
with with some pretty big guns. I mean, I'm I'm just really curious. Did they pad him to look more superhero like, or did he come into this with that physique? I don't know. But I'm not sure I, about him, but I do know that in other MCU superheroes, that yes, they did put padding into the costumes. And they also train them too. I mean, that's the other thing. Yeah, there's absolutely both. training. They, they going did on, both. But. Yeah. Okay. I will say that that man can act. Paul Bettany can act, and we oh, are yeah. super lucky to have him be an actor in this series. And what started with just, hey, you've got a good voice for a computer, right? And they actually end up using him, which is great when right. you're in Ultron. And yeah, no, he's he's bringing it. He's bringing it. I enjoyed him today in this episode. I mean, it was just, he felt very Superman in this episode. He's there. He's going to help. He's going to do what he needs to do. He goes and flies up, looks over the city. And it's just, there's, there's a lot of Superman-esque things going on here. And as someone who really loves the character Superman, especially when he is done well. And when he is done as a superhero, it was, it was kind of fun. It was cool. I, I loved it. So here's a question, Ben. Could Superman lift Mjolnir? Yes. I'd say yes. You think Superman can lift Mjolnir? Okay. Not only could he, he has. Of course he has. Cause there's been a bazillion crossovers, whatever. Yeah, you know, it, it has happened, but I, I'm totally fine with him being able to lift up the hammer. Well, and that's the thing, right? So um, that's kind of where I was going with this question. It, Vision, at least in this context, is sort of set up to be um, Superman, you know, uh, larger than life, moral fiber, that sort of thing. And it's kind of a contrast to him in Civil War, too, which is an interesting sort of uh, – it'll be interesting to see where Vision's story is at the end of this series and then be able to track track it back to it. Yeah. I, I like him a lot in this, and I also like the idea of one of my declarations, which was that Wanda is the villain of the piece. I like the idea of – the final conflict coming down to the two of them and resulting in some form of redemption for, for Wanda because of what vision does for her. So I, I like him. I like him a lot. And Paul Bettany, we, yeah, you're right. Like who would have known who would have guessed Elizabeth Olsen too, though. I mean, she, she's really carrying this show as much as what he is doing in this episode and how impressive he's been with his, his acting, she's carrying this whole thing and doing it incredibly. Like I, I really, really enjoy her performance uh, in this episode. And in this, yeah, even by the, even by, you know, Agnes and the twins and, you know, all of the, um, everyone on screen is bringing, a high caliber of acting. You cannot tell that any of them are sort of phoning it in or anything like that. Everyone is doing very well. 
So let's move to Pietro. Oh, yes. Here okay. we go. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> is this is this a set the headphones down and walk away type of thing? No, I'm going. I, I'm, I'm about to, but let me first get in my little first little bit here. <laughs> I did some movie watching homework. Okay. And one of them was uh, Night of the Living Dead, because I believe that's the movie that was being played on the black and white screen in the town square for the I was going to ask that. I, that's what I believe it is. It looks like the scene where they're in the house and they're boarding up the windows. However, mm-hmm. it also looked like it could have been from an Ed Wood movie. I just need to figure out uh, which one it would be. Um <laughs> I, I'm not. I, I love Edward movies. They're so ridiculous. <laughs> I, I'm not sure about that, but I'm I'm pretty certain that it is Night of the Living Dead. And I did try and find the exact scene. I didn't have a lot of time to look for it, and so I was scrolling back and forth and and trying to find it and 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 couldn't. But that was part of my movie homework. The other part of my movie homework was Kickass. Now, here's something I just learned after this episode came out, and that is that. Aaron Taylor Johnson and Evan Peters played Quicksilver in two different universes. We already know that. Another connection, which we already know, is that uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson played Quicksilver along with Elizabeth Olsen playing Scarlet Witch. And they also played a husband and wife in Godzilla. The 2009 or whatever it was. Godzilla. That's cool. Okay. But here's the thing I didn't know, and that is that Evan Peters and Aaron Taylor Johnson were both in the movie Kick-Ass together. They, I had no clue. I, and so this is really interesting. And then you have one of the kids yell, yeah, Kick-Ass. And, and you have Wanda stop for a moment and say, hmm, Kick-Ass. You know, and now here's where the internet collectively loses their mind because does this mean that she knows about our universe blah blah and, and all these things and <laughs> i just can't go that far to me it's just a reference it's it's a joke it's a reference and there's a lot of that stuff going on here and just little things like that are turning into giant articles clickbait you know trying to get you to, to click on you know but it, it can't just be a joke. No, no. It's it's multiverse defining is what it is. But anyway, I get more of a kick is, out nobody... of the fact... oh, I get more of a kick out of the fact that Wanda quoted my mother in law. Somebody better be bleeding, broken, or on fire. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean I, I can see well our least favorite website could certainly spin this out of control, but oh, there's a I, lot I, of, there's a lot of websites yeah. that did. And, and it's interesting. I, I'm, yeah, I'm going to get off my soapbox and, and let you get on <laughs> yours because there's places I could go with this, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you want me to get on my soapbox now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, at yes. least get behind your lectern. You know, you, okay. you've, you've got, okay. you've, you've got okay. your paragraph at place. least, but yeah. Take your Tap place. Tap the microphone. Make sure it's on. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, it's on. Okay. Uh, so Pietro knows that about the hex. He's not just a character that Wanda has whipped up. He knows. But the other thing I'm wondering is, I'm, I'm still confused. I'm not sh- certain. 
is is he from the X-Men universe or the MCU or is he a melding of both? Because there was one small tiny detail. It's not in the script, but it was something I watched. I, I noticed on my last rewatch, which I've seen this episode several times. Um, when um, Tommy realizes that he has the speed power, um, you look over at Pe- Pietro or Peter, however you, you want to style him, and he has these red lines around his eyes where they're dried out. Pietro in the MCU did not wear goggles, but Peter Maximoff in the X-Men universe did because running around like that at super speed dried out his eyes. So is this Peter Maximoff from the X-Men universe? I'm thinking it's very possible. Also, when she quizzes him about being in the orphanage, he's like, He's like, oh, are you trying to quiz me? And yeah, you're you're testing he doesn't, me. Yeah, are you testing me? I mean, he he doesn't exactly answer the question. And then uh, when she asks him what he remembers, he just he says that he remembers being shot like a chump. Well, like a chump that means like being shot like a fool, unguarded. You know, not even seeing it coming. But what we saw in the MCU with Pietro and and um uh. In uh, Age of Ultron, Hawkeye. yeah, with Hawkeye, he uh, Pietro, that Pietro made a choice, yes, to use himself as a shield to protect Hawkeye and a little boy. He died willingly, but what Pietro says here is that he died unknowing, you know, not even seeing it coming, you know, to to quote uh, Age of Ultron, um. So I'm still on board that this very possibly is the Peter Maximoff from the X-Men universe and not from the MCU. So here's what I'm going to do right now. And and I'll participate in this. Don't worry. I'm going to ask you and Stuart and me, we're going to metaphorically gamble. Okay. I don't gamble okay. real money because I like my money too much and I don't have very much of it. Okay. But we're going to metaphorically gamble. Get 25 imaginary dollars. Okay. All right. American money. And you have to put it on what you think Quicksilver is. Now, you can believe it's other things as well, but it's like, what what do you think is the best possibility? What do you think is the most likely possibility? And I'll give you a couple choices if you can't think of one off off the top of your head, but there's the choice that he is actually pulled over from another universe and he is from the X-Men universe of movies. He is rando, random guy from, you know, another place that got pulled in from, you know, Jersey or something like that. Yeah, Central Casting. Um, He is her brother brought back to life. She reanimated his body as well, but recast him because he had a human body that was, you know, decayed or whatever. Um, Or he is something else entirely, probably without going into specifics, but a super powered Marvel villain who is the actual villain of the piece, like a Mephisto. Mm, that crossed my mind too. Where, where would you put your money? Um, because I think that the super villain is actually somebody else, but I'm not entirely certain about that. 
because I thought maybe this is the supervillain in the in the guise of Pietro. But I think this is Peter Maximoff from the X-Men universe. I think that's where I'm going to put my, my imaginary dollars. Okay. Stuart, where's your imaginary money going? Same place. It's all on red, baby. So here's why. <laughs> um, here's why. And I keep coming back to this in, in while I'm thinking about this. If, and it's a purely meta thing, if, say you couldn't get... Aaron Taylor Johnson. Is that his name from the MCU? Yes. So yes. you couldn't get him from the MCU. Okay. He's whatever. You can't get him. Of the bajillion other male actors in the world, why would you pick the one who played the same character in a different franchise? Why would you pick that? Why would you pick him? Stunt casting. I mean, that's that's where I go. Yes. That's where I go. I, I hear your stunt casting. I hear your stunt casting. The MCU, it'd be very difficult to really pull that off. Plus, now they're leaning into it, right? Now they're really leaning into it. You know, with him not knowing where, uh, you know, the, the whole accent thing. They're having a whole scenes, whole episodes talking about it. So to my mind is stunt casting only takes you so far. Like if he didn't show, if he showed up in that last episode and was like, Hey, I'm Quicksilver. Bye. Like he didn't show up again. I'd say stunt casting, but now they're leaning into it and it's not like they're doing it week to week. I mean, it's all done. It's all ready to go. They had the story before they started. Right. It, it, it's above stunt casting. There's a reason they're doing it this way. And to my mind, it's to get the X-Men crossover and all that sort of stuff. So that's what I'm saying is that it's all it's all an X-Men. It's all X-Men. Okay. And I, I'm going to put my money – I can't put my money there. And a big reason is I believe that when we get X-Men in the MCU, it's going to be a reboot. It's going to be a new Wolverine. It's going to be a new Professor X. It's going to be a new – completely new thing i i also i would love to see them be you know just go back to the first class and it's the actual first class angel cyclops Iceman, beast gene gray uh i don't think they'll do that i just would love it because they're my favorites but i think that when we see the x-men in the mcu it is going to be something it's going to be an event it's going to be big it's going to be huge but it's not going to tie into the x-men universe we already have i think that's that's done they're, they're done with that. Uh, a lot of those characters have aged out and who, and, and they aren't interested, you know, um, Hugh Jackman doesn't really want to do Wolverine anymore. The one difference would be Deadpool. And I could see them bringing in Deadpool and keeping the casting of Ryan Reynolds because it works and because he's popular and because he loves the character. And I, I could see them doing that. But again, that's still kind of a stunt casting kind of thing where it's not X-Men universe, Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool, or it could be, but he's, he's jumped over the universes, but I, I just don't, I just don't see them using the X-Men movie universes. I, I see them recasting it, rebooting it, starting over. 
which is why I think that this is not that. Now, he could be from a another universe, but he's not from that that particular universe. But I also wonder if it's the whole trickster god kind of thing. You know, whether it's Mephisto or some other kind of character. I, I don't want to put my money there because I'd really love it to not be that. I would really love the big bad to be Wanda herself dealing with her inner demons instead of dealing with an exterior <laughs> demon. Um, so I'm putting my money on, man, I don't know. Samantha, you brought up the conversation, the questions, the he's not acting like he knows anything that Quicksilver should know. The whole conversation that happened in this episode, it could go so many different directions because it could just be random guy from Jersey and Mm -hmm. he's been put in that spot and he really doesn't know the answer to those questions. It could be that he is yeah, a powerful guy who's just trying to figure out, okay, how'd you do this? Because I want in on it, you know, (laughs) and it could be that could be she made a deal with the devil i mean you want to talk about the commercial now uh, oh wait let um, me put my actually, money just, down my money goes down yeah, on a random guy from jersey yeah. okay okay so okay so um i do want to say that i think that this his dialogue in this episode was written very specifically to not answer any of his questions dialogue every line episode. every word yeah. is super specific but I think by the end of the series, we will we will have a, a very clear answer. Um, or not. <laughs> yeah. Or, um, also, I one other note I want to cover here is going back to the very beginning with the boys talking into the camera. When they're sitting there playing the video games and Billy turns to the camera and starts talking, uh, Pietro turns his head and is like, who is he talking to? Yes, I mean, he he's does. very aware of what what's going on around him. But he doesn't um, so, know, like, th- at least at that moment, I don't feel like he knew he's aware. Wait, he's looking at what's he looking at? Who's he talking to? You right. know, you almost you're almost right. ready for a fourth wall breaking conversation. Who are you talking to? You, you get that all the time in, in TV shows or, um, you know, parodies of like the your noir kind of thing where, yeah, she walked in and blah, 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 blah. Who are you talking to? Uh, it's just. Just my inner narration, you know, whatever. <laughs> yes. So the thing that Melissa brought up uh, while we were watching this episode, she she asked about the kids specifically. She goes, um, she Pietro calls out, "Where were you hiding all of these kids?" And she's like, Melissa said, "Well, is that because there were no kids in all the other episodes?" I don't know what that means. But that was the first time I thought, you know, I didn't even think about that beforehand. So not he when Pietro says that, he's not referring to, to two kids. He's referring to all of yes, he is. the children mm-hmm. in 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 Westview. And he says, Where 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 were you keeping them? And then he says, You've you've been morally, you've been very careful. You kept couples together, gave them better jobs, better haircuts. Uh-huh. Uh and where were the children? Were they all sleeping? Did you have them all just sleeping this whole time? Because that's kind. You know, you bring them out for cameos in the in the special episode. Um, it's so, this show is so weird. 
Yeah, I, I it did hurts see my brain. I, I have been trying not to look at YouTube videos and then I end up looking at them. I'm sorry. But one person did say that the pos- the reason why the kids have not shown up until now is because those kids are still innocent. They haven't had a lot of really big things interfere with their lives, except for maybe the snap. Um, but they're still innocent. Whereas the adults, they've had trauma in their lives and she's willing to put them through more trauma for her to work out her grief or whatever is going on. Um, but she's not willing to hurt the kids. So, but she did bring them out for this episode because it's a Halloween episode and they need the kids to be trick or treating. To Yeah. Uh, to yeah. fill out the, the cast. Right. Yep. It's, it's very well done. We're very confused and it's okay. I think that's the other thing is as confused as we are, we feel like we are in good hands because what we're getting is really interesting and is, is intriguing. Let's talk about the commercial. Let's talk yes. about the commercial. There's a lot of different ways you could look at this commercial, but the second time I watched the episode, I was looking closely and just thinking, okay, that shark has Quicksilver's colors. And that little boy has Scarlet Witch's colors. And I have a very literal reading of this and a very simple reading of this commercial. I've seen other people write articles about this and they're very long. And and my article would not be as long. My article about this commercial is literally she is the little boy. Quicksilver is there as the shark. He's offering her something, but he can't help her with what, you know, he can't help her. She can't get into any more power and she is losing power, losing control. And I think we're looking at a vision, quote unquote, of the future for her possible future, which is to shrivel up and die because she just doesn't have enough energy, enough calories, so to speak. Um, I think it's just a very simple reading of here's this thing who can't help her and he's all cool. He talks like Quicksilver. He says, bro and dude. And, and I think that's just the representation. Now, could Quicksilver still be the devil? Maybe. And so maybe the shark is the devil. And if so, I'll, I'll re redo how I look at it and how I read it. But that's my simple thing is that she can't access more power and she's using it. And just like he can't open up that little, little cup, cup of pudding or yogurt, I guess. I saw this commercial and my first thought was, this is the most direct thing we have gotten so far about what is going on in, in Westview. The most literal thing. Yes. Which is sad because it's claymation and sharks talking and surfing. And it's a kid's commercial. It's set up as a kid's commercial. Um, I but, want some yogurt right now. And it's yeah, super 90s. Like it's that. It's very 90s. It's so it's 90s. It's very Nickelodeon Saturday morning kids cartoon commercial 90s. Yeah. Um, but the line that the boy, uh, the conversation between the boy and the shark, and the shark asked him, uh, asked the boy if they're hungry. And he says, I used to be like that all the time. And the boy said, what did you do? And the shark says, snacked on yo magic, bro. 
Now I have time to hang Finn. I think what this commercial is literally saying to the audience is that somebody is using Wanda to use up her power so the the antagonist can become can survive. I think that's what this this commercial is saying. I love it, Samantha. That's awesome. And the last line from the voiceover is, Yo, magic, the snack for survivors. That That's what this commercial is, is telling the audience. And I think that's a very, very good reading of the commercial. Like, yeah, no matter what, I think we're seeing a vision of what are we going to be getting into. Okay. Also. One more thing about this commercial that I that I noticed, um, and I sent you guys the transcript about what I saw, but I don't know if you guys read it. Did you guys read through it? Yes. Okay. So as the boy is trying to open up the container, and he shrivels away into a skeleton, the sun rises and sets behind him. I couldn't count because at the end it got to be very very fast, but it's eight or nine times. So eight or nine days. Eight or nine episodes that Wanda has to live through. And we've already seen one episode where nothing moves forward with Wanda. Because we see what's going on outside this this hex bubble. So I think we're giving a literal timeline that's going to ha- happen within eight episodes, possibly nine. Like I said, it was moving so fast I couldn't count towards the end. Um, but... Uh, yeah, this commercial is liter- literally telling us what's going on with Wanda from beginning to end. Yeah, the the difference is the other commercials were looking to the past, right? And and, and this one's looking toward the future. I think. Yes. I wonder if they sat back the the, the writer, producer, director people sat back and went, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna mess with the fans. <laughs> Oh, that, you know, the best stories are the ones that amuse the, amuse the writers. You know, the writers first write to amuse themselves, and then they mm-hmm. decide to share it with a bunch of people. Right. Right. So I think I'm not surprised. <laughs> I would not be surprised if they do that every once in a while. Right. Yeah. And then after that, they're like, okay, what we got to do? We've got to work this into the story. I don't know. There, there, yeah. There's some crazy stuff out there. That's saying there's someone who looked at all the clocks in the first two episodes and found the position of the clock hands, which go, um, which line up with semaphore positioning of flags. You know what semaphore is? Mm. It's uh, sailing. You use flags to be able to spell words. Ah, yes. And you use these very precise uh, angles to create letters with your two flags and, Mm -hmm. and they found it to spell (laughs) (laughs) X-Men. Now I saw the pictures and, you know, you look at it and you can see these angles. They are there. They are definitely there, but you also have to like, it's the kind of thing where I think people saw what they wanted to see, you know, because these angles are there, but the angles are there, and then they take the same hand and use it in another angle and, and that kind of thing. And it felt, I don't know, I'm looking at this and thinking, this feels like we are just desperate for any kind of information, and this is not giving us enough information. And so we're going to 
we're just going to make stuff up. And so, and also it could, it could be true. It could be there, but it doesn't mean it's there because the X-Men are coming. So the other thing I keep thinking about, and I don't know if we have any really good, like answers to the, well, of course we don't have any really good answers to this. This is supposed to been supposed to have been the third MCU title in phase four. Right. So we were going to get, uh, I wanted to say Red Sparrow. It's not Red Sparrow. The the Scarlett Johansson movie. Black uh, Widow. Black, Black Widow. Widow. Someday I'm going to remember that, and today's not that day. So we were supposed to get Black Widow, and then we were supposed to get Falcon Winter Soldier, and then this leading right into um, uh, uh, Doctor Strange 2, which is the... Um, Multiverse of Madness, right? So I still keep going back to that timeline. And so it makes me wonder what, if they changed anything at all, and we're just getting a dump of like super intense questions. And and we're really focusing on them because we didn't have a whole bunch of, of MCU preceding this. I, I still think we're getting the X-Men. <laughs> we'll get the X-Men, but I don't think we're getting it here. Because I know. Yeah, but my problem is we have an X-Men actor playing the same character in the show. Which is uh, Yes. You, you know what? But you, it it could go many different directions, and any direction it goes could, in makes sense. So if it's just Joe Schmo, some character that is just pulled from wherever it still makes sense because they're using this, this meta knowledge that we have. If it's the devil, it makes sense because it's the devil being a trickster and being goofy and he's tri- jokes on us. You know, uh, if it's from another universe, then it makes sense. You know, I mean, there's so many different ways, whatever way this goes in again, this is why I, I just feel like I've trust the people who are making this because whatever direction this goes in, it's going to work. Uh, assuming they do oh, it well, no doubt, no doubt. Assuming they do it well, I mean, the, which uh, you know, we've had six episodes that have been fantastic and pitch perfect, and I mean, we've devoted a lot. I, I'm talking collectively, we as the internet going public have devoted a lot of brain space <laughs> to this show, <laughs> to this you know, three hours worth of television so far. Yeah, we've done. We've devoted more than three hours worth of. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> they're just sitting back, going, "Ha ha ha!" They're twisting their mustaches and seeing what happens next. Paul Bettany went on record saying, "One of your <laughs> theories might be right." <laughs> like, right? <laughs> he just, yeah. Hey, thanks, Paul. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> one of them might be. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. A broken clock's right twice a day. It's true. It's true. And sometimes it makes the shape of a, a semaphore letter. Um, That's right. <laughs> okay. So. Go ahead. I have one question and one statement. That, and then, then I'm done with my list of things. Go for it. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going to go with the statement first and that'll lead into the question. I predict we're going to see uh, Wanda coming back from the snap. But because she was born of an infinity stone, it affected her 
it affected her in a way that is unique. She may have some knowledge of the last five years. That's a because no one else that got snapped, I think I, I'm trying to remember had like such a direct connection to the infinity stone. You know, that's true. Cause even vision was born of an infinity stone as well, but he died right before the snap. Right. Hmm. Okay. So speaking of vision, why doesn't he know what an Avenger is? Because she doesn't want him to. Either that or this is not exactly the same vision. I think this is a newly reborn vision with a blank memory. With uh, But only given... Wanda? Yeah, who still yeah, loves Wanda. She... He, under, he, he knows certain details, but he doesn't exactly remember what his life was like before this, this, this whole show. Mm. I think she built Friday. him that way. She she rebuilt him that way and and intentionally left those memories out of him. She couldn't change his character though. She couldn't change the fiber of who he really is. And this is what's really cool. One of the things that drew me to Ultron the movie was this exploration of of life and and who is he and and what is he and you know it's the measure of a man kind of thing and and here we get confirmation i believe that vision is a a life form an individual he lives and he has some form of what you might call a soul and she can't change that she can take his memories away but she can't change who he is because he walks through westview he sees all these people who are trapped it's breaking his heart he sees agnes and we need to talk about her but then he goes out and what is he saying when he's trying to crawl out and talk to sword as they're coming to point guns at him they need help they need help he's Mm -hmm. not talking about himself he's not talking about help me get to you so we can talk about what's going on in here he's only focused on they need help and again this is the superman thing where you have this guy who has this he has this power you know and and he wants to use it what does he want to use it for to help you know and that is that is a superhero that's why i the first wonder woman i like the first wonder woman because she embodies that, you know, Superman, Christopher Reeve, the movie, he embodies that. And here you have vision embodying that it's not self-sacrifice. It's, but it is, it is service. He is a servant hero. And there are people who are in pain and there are people who are in trouble and he wants to help them. And I love it. Yes. I mean, I was thinking while watching this episode, even the first time I said, I thought to myself, if Thor showed up with Mjolnir, Vision could still pick up Mjolnir and throw it just like Thor and use it just like Thor because he would use it to help and save people. I think it'd be awesome if Vision, if Thor showed up with Mjolnir, that would be amazing. It's not going to (laughs) happen because it doesn't really work, but. Hey, if if Mandalorian can do what Mandalorian did, anything can happen. And if you know, you know. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. Okay, Agnes. Agnes. What's going on with Agnes? I know a lot of people are looking at Agnes and saying she's super important here. She might even be behind some of this. And while it is possible that Agnes is more than meets the eye, I don't think she's behind this. I think that if she is here as someone who has power or has special knowledge, uh, it's because she's either there to help or she, you know, was there for whatever reason, she's not causing this. I, I don't think, and I don't think she's playing a trick on vision when she's in that car. I think everything we got from her in that car scene was genuine. I highly disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I highly disagree. So you think she was pretending when yes, vision came because... was talking to her, you think she was pretending and that she did all the, you know, the three switches. She basically had three different things going on where one was, she was stuck because she drove out past Wanda's power. All the people wasn't past it. She wasn't she past took a wrong turn in her hometown. How many times have you guys done that? No, 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 my hometown no, no, no. Is she was, she was stuck. She was one of those people who was stuck in a moment. They, they can't get out of yeah, quoting you too, because is... I just listened to that album tonight as I was driving home. She was one of those people who was just stuck in that moment. She was just there. And, and then vision pulls her out of it. And she realizes, whoa, hey, wait, you're an Avenger. You're here to help us. And she's confused. And then she gets back into Wanda's power, Wanda's thrall. And she either, that might be, she might be pretending there. She might be pretending to be the sitcom person that she is because of all the people, she's the one who actually seems to be knowing that she needs to pretend. But where vision, when he was closer towards uh, in that cul-de-sac and he was trying to speak to that woman that was frozen, everyone around him was frozen. Everyone, they could not move. They could not even blink. They could not even shed a tear, but they did shed a tear and they were moving. No, I'm not even talking about that woman. I'm talking about the, the Asian woman who was, she was standing in a cul-de-sac and the streetlights were flickering. This is like a scene later. Um, okay. And Vision was trying to talk to her and she did not even blink an eye or flinch. And then he goes farther out in town and Agnes is still mumbling and talking. So you think that Agnes was, Agnes was waiting there for Vision to come by and was doing the, the mumbling and, and all of that was, a, was an act for Vision? Yes. Yes, to get him to leave because she knows he's a threat to Wanda or to whatever is Wanda is doing for her. I think that's what she's doing. Well, time will play this out for us. Yes. Because, yeah, I, we, we really disagree on this one because I yeah. I think it was genuine up until the point when she jumped back into sitcom character. That may not have been genuine because that was her just jumping back into this is what I do. I pretend like I'm on a sitcom because we're here right now. Plus, she's the also the only character that we've seen that has broken character on screen in front uh, of everyone. Because in the previous episode, uh, when she came in to help with the crying babies, uh, uh, Vision tried to stop her and she was like, oh, do you want to try that? Ag-? She, she turns to Wanda and says, do you want to try that again? 
she broke character. There is something between her and Herb. Yes. Agnes and Herb. There's something going on there. And I don't think it's nefarious. I think it I, I think I saw a YouTube video before the show even started where they were gonna they were saying Agnes was a witch or something like that. Yes. And that Agatha Agatha Harkness is the witch from the comic books, who okay. is kind of a she helped Scarlet Witch learn some power stuff, but then they also were um, antagonists uh, against each other. I don't think that's happening in this situation. I think, um, well, if it is, regardless, I think Herb and Agnes have more agency, which allowed Agnes to drive out to Ellis drive notice she got to the stop sign she did not pass ellis drive until she did the u-turn and sort of went back into town um but her agnes and herb have more agency in this in this uh make-believe town because she he even asks her in this episode do you want something changed is everything okay do you want something changed so that that says to me that she he has some sort of ability to change something in the town and he's using it for her benefit mm. you know come to think of it yeah I, um right um before um uh, geraldine slash monica was expelled from the hex um agnes and herb were talking and they were talking mm-hmm. specifically about geraldine not having a home in the town um so and yeah, knowing, right. knowing that she didn't belong with what right. Wanda had created. Right. Yeah. So I, there's, I will agree hmm. that I will agree that Agnes and Herb have special knowledge and more agency. Mm-hmm. I think because they're playing the game. I think that they're able to play the game and play along kind of like in that episode of Twilight Zone, like we were talking about where these people, they knew what was going on and they played along. Now it could be that they're playing along and they know what's going on because they they actually do have some sort of mind powers or something like that that allows them to be able to be above what everyone else is. And and maybe they do want to help uh, Wanda or maybe they just want to help everyone else in their village, in their town that they, you know, these are their neighbors and friends. But yeah, I, I do not think that she was acting when she was confused. And I don't think she was acting when she had her memories coming back. I think that was the moment where she actually remembered things that she didn't remember before. She knew things were wrong and was playing along and gaming uh, Wanda, but I don't think she recognized Wanda and Vision as Avengers until that moment. But what troubles me is when she came out of this hex spell or whatever this veil of this character that she's playing within this town when she came out she was actually kind of a little not a little a lot maniacal compared to the guy last week who was just scared and frightened and in pain she was laughing hysterically yeah i didn't read it as maniacal i read it as manic yes or uh, manic i would agree with that so i mean the difference between maniacal and manic is 
it, well, it's really all about the laugh, you know, maniacal laugh, maniacal laugh. Well, yeah, uh, that, that was a maniacal laugh that she had. No, like, it was a manic laugh. It was, right. I am laughing so much because I don't know what's going on. And this is my only release of it. And I just don't think she was faking that. Yeah. Well, it's just, I, all I know is that her reaction to coming out of this hex was very different compared to the guy we saw last week. Agreed. The guy we saw last week was afraid and um, weak and he and weak and he presented as afraid and weak. I feel like Agnes is still afraid, but she presents her fear as laughter. And I think she also has more strength. I, there is definitely more to her than meets the eye. And there's definitely more to her. Is she a transformer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> she, I don't know if she's Autobot or Decepticon. But I think she's a Decepticon, (laughs) but I I don't know if she's a good guy or bad guy. Right. I do. I think she's in the shades of gray type of thing. She definitely could be either is what I'm trying to say. She's a 50, 50 chance. Like so much in this. Yeah. This there's so many different directions that that character could go in. And there's three more episodes to go in those directions. So we mm-hmm. I th- we will right. get answers. We will get answers. One of us, me, will be proved right. <laughs> and, and two of us may not, unless you agree with me. But we will wow. find out. Ben, wow. This... today, sir. <laughs> I, I put my stake in it. And, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm putting my 25 bucks on Agnes not being... A bad guy. <laughs> fake 25, by the way. You know, fake, wrong, fake 25. I don't care. I just want a good show. <laughs> Which is what we're getting. Well, That's the other thing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you've got a good show. Okay. So, so uh, do you guys want to talk about Kat Denning being in the hex? Okay. So we have to talk about the outside stuff. We haven't even talked about that at all. And oh we're gosh. running out of time. Like this is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, what I loved most about her character was, oh, fudge, because she's. Only she didn't say fudge. Yes, but it's just right before that red bubble thing came to her, she st- she uh-huh. starts saying, f you. And then as as it, in, it, as it, as it uh, surrounded her, that's when she said, fudge. So, I mean, even as, as it was just the moment it hit her, it, it was starting to transform her. Yeah. Push her and into she, standards and practices. And so right, now and she was, and can't she say that on television. That, that, that Christmas story reference, which makes me wonder, are we going to see a Christmas episode next week? It would not be outside the realm of possibility. I mean, right. who, who knows? Who knows? We, we had this Halloween episode. Um, I did see someone on Facebook say, so what next? Are we going to be going to the office? And I'm like, I, I think he was being sarcastic, but I, I wasn't when my answer was just yes, because <laughs> that's, that's where we're going. You know? We, so we're, what's we're interesting there. about that is Jimmy Woo, that actor, there was an episode of the yeah. office where, um, uh, Jim, I, I don't, didn't watch the whole author bunch. Jim hired an actor to play himself and the guy who plays Jimmy Woo was that actor. So you mean that actor was Jimmy Woo? Yeah. 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 
the guy who played the actor and Jimmy Woo are the same. It's the same actor. Okay. <laughs> we got there. We got now, there. We made it. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So yes. like, if you want to talk about meta and twisting the time streams around and they go to the office. <laughs> that was Stuart's head explode. Yeah. Well, it doesn't exactly have to be the office. I mean, it, it, it can be just kind of like that, that documentary style sitcom yeah. that we've had over the past, what, 10 or so years. The, the mockumentary. Um, the mockumentary style, yeah. yeah. So the interesting thing to me about Randall Park is that he actually was a lead on a sitcom. He was on, uh, was it Fresh Off the Boat? Yeah, is that still on the air? I don't know if it is. I really didn't watch it. Hold but on, I have IMDb open. Of I course. was aware uh, of it because of, I mean, we watched a few episodes, but I was really aware of it because it was on ABC and and there were commercials for it during Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> back in the back in the day. But he was actually a the lead actor on that um, head of the family with his wife. Um, um, but yeah, it looks like that, yeah, it it's has six seasons and yeah, it looks like it just ended uh, in twenty twenty. So yes, it yeah. But that's to me that's kind of cool, you know. He's, yes, it is. He's sitcom. I don't know if I don't, I wouldn't call him sitcom royalty just cause I don't know. Um, but you've got Elizabeth Olsen who definitely has that sitcom history with her sisters and you have, uh, ran, what was his name? Randall park. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Randall park. And with his sitcom, uh, experience and yeah, yeah. It's kind of cool. The, the meta of the show is just, it is just dripping with meta. It's really, yeah. You can't even have a good conversation about it and just like restrict it to the show because a, it's part of the whole MCU. Right. But then they drop in things like kick ass and you start, you know, unraveling this Pietro versus Peter, you know, conundrum. And you're like, is this show like self-aware? What's going on with this show? Nobody knows. Keep watching. We'll I, just, find out. I don't want it to go into self-aware territory, but okay. If it goes there, it goes there. What if it's more like community where it's not exactly a mockumentary, but it's definitely, you know, kind of making it's, it's in, into absurd land next episode. <laughs> I want mockumentary. I don't know if we're going to get it next episode because we're just at the beginning of the two thousands here, right? but I don't know where else we would go, you know, next, but I, I do want that because I, I want the, the talking heads, you know, I want them talking to us and I want vision talking about, yeah, I just have this feeling, you know, and, and I, I'm not sure what's going on. And and then giving the knowing glance across the room, you know, I, I, I want that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, the office, say what you will about it. It lasted a long time because there was a lot of really good episodes and really funny episodes, but the emotional stuff that was going on there too, that's I'm hoping they're able to capture, capture that Malcolm in the middle. It's the same kind of thing here where Malcolm in the middle it, at first is just feels like it's this very just, um, I, I don't know how to describe the, the humor, but it, it was dysfunctional family. 
you know, but there was so much heart behind it. And, and that's what we got here. You know, you have this heart that's, that's behind this family. That's really trying to deal with a lot of weird stuff. And of course you got the uncle there as well, but um, I really hope they nail that, that kind of office parks and rec where, yeah, it's off the wall, funny, but there's also a lot of heart behind it. And, And these are characters you care about. And that's the one other thing they've created some characters that we really care about. I did not care about vision and Wanda this much before the show started. But when, even after that first episode, they, they, I found myself emotionally invested in their relationship. Oh, the last time I, the, the first time I cared about Wanda and vision was, um, in infinity war. That was the first time. And that one little scene where it's like, Oh, They've had this whole relationship. They're stealing away this relationship. Uh, and it gets taken away. I'm, I thought that was incredibly moving. But it was one scene. <laughs> and what is a a film full of fantastic scenes, right? Yeah. But that yeah. was the first time you cared about them. But I'm invested now. Yeah. I'm invested. Yeah. And I, I can't wait to see where things go cannot wait to see where things go well i don't know about you guys but i saw sparks flying all the way back in age of ultron just seconds after he was born actually even on the rewatch i could see that there was something going on between wanda and you know the thing that was growing in the casket right before vision was actually you know quote unquote born um it may have been there but i didn't care like the, it just didn't. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. invested in that. Yeah. And it, it was there. And then Wanda has had this vision of the earth blowing up. And so that kind of like disrupted thing, things for a moment. Um, the, the, but well, the thing for me though, is it was, it was so quick and, yes. and we didn't get to spend time with them. And then all of a sudden, Oh, they are really a couple, you know, time had passed. We didn't get to see that time passed. And so when we, we jump into the next movie with them, things have really moved forward, you know, and, and it just didn't, it didn't, I didn't care. You know, I saw it, it was there, but okay. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I don't, I wouldn't say that they were a couple by the sec, by, um, civil war, but there was definitely a dance going on a court, like a courtship, like dance where they were trying to figure things out. You know, does he like me? Does she like me? You know, um, when he buys her the couscous or whatever, whatever it was, (laughs) And yeah, um, I mean, and he there. keeps walking through the walls to come to walk into a room when she's talking to I think it was Captain America. Yeah. Um, I could be wrong, but I mean he kept walking to the room and she's like, "Fizz, we talked about this." Um, and so I mean they were trying to figure things out there, and then I think the next we saw them was an Infinity War, and they were definitely a couple. Yeah, but that was the first time I actually cared about them. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's relationships I'm invested in when I mm-hmm. deal with pop culture and, and, and my, you know, fictional intake. This is now a, a couple that I'm invested in. And it's because I like the character of Vision. I like what they're doing with Wanda in this series here and love the performance that we're getting from Elizabeth Olsen. And it's just, yeah, I'm excited to see where it's going. We... Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's a podcast. We can go as long as we want, but we are running out of time. We do need to talk about some other outside people, one of them being 
Monica. Yes. And yes. And then, of course, Jimmy. Who Jimmy's along for the ride, but Jimmy he stood up for Monica there. That was I was bold when he's like, "Hey, don't <laughs> don't denigrate your allies." And then Hayward's like, "You're all out of here." And I, I've seen people say that uh, Hayward is the the big bad in this, uh, but I think if he is the big bad in this, I think he's the big bad with the the right motivation to do the wrong things. I think he's an idiot with a lot, a lot of trauma, with a lot of, and with a lot of power. I think he's being portrayed as an idiot. I don't think he's actually an idiot. Because no, I don't think he's actually an idiot. I think he's just letting his, um, his, uh, his trauma lead him where he wants to go, and it's down the wrong path. You know who else let their trauma lead them where they wanted to go and down the wrong path? Tony where? Stark. Ah. Building a what? What's the phrase, Stuart? Building a shield around the world. Yeah. A suit of armor. Suit of armor around the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could see Hayward being that style of of big bad here. Megalomaniac? No, not that far. I mean, Mm. just he has. I just hope if he if he turns out to be the primary antagonist, which I don't think he's going to be. But if he does turn out to be the primary antagonist, I hope it's one of those things where he wants to do the right thing. He's doing all the wrong things for all the right reasons because the ends justify the means, you know, that sort of thing. I guess maybe that's too cliche. Maybe, maybe they shouldn't go there because that is a very cliche thing to do, but you know, I want to, well, they're, I mean, they're setting him up to, to be sort of the, you always have like the precursor to the big bad, right? The guy who's like, uh, you know, taking your focus so that the big bad can come in and step in. I mean, Infinity War did this. You had the two, you had the two, um, the children of Thanos, right? And then halfway through the movie, Thanos finally shows up. Yeah, but he's right now he's the bureaucratic bad guy, right? You know, he's right. of course he doesn't he's have he doesn't have his power anymore. Uh, all of the people are inside hmm. they're in a tim burton-esque circus which i don't know Ugh. where they're going with that but that's I don't want them to go anywhere with that <laughs> <laughs> we're going somewhere with that man we're going somewhere with that uh i don't know we we may have just seen you know the birth of the first mutants in the mcu with those two children but we might also be seeing the creation of some other superpowered people and this is something that I think we're seeing for sure here, there's setup happening here. And it's unfortunate because there are going to be people who don't have Disney plus who are going to watch the next captain Marvel movie. And they're not going to get to see or to have seen uh, Monica Rambeau's origin story. If they go that way, Hmm? (laughs) there's, there's not that many people (laughs) who, who are going to watch this, who are going to see the next, uh, Captain Marvel movie who don't have Disney Plus. I don't know. A hundred million subscribers, Ben. That's a lot of people. It is a lot of people, but there's also a lot more people who, assuming that it's in theaters, would be going to see that in the theater. I I, I will say that WandaVision is right now one of the top five trending shows um, right now. Which is amazing. Yes. Amazing. I have to be really careful because... I I get messages from people Friday morning. Friends. 
asking me questions. Mm -hmm. And so I had a friend who almost spoiled it for me. Fortunately, I watched it like while I was eating breakfast and just my kids (laughs) hate the fact that I find ways to like squeeze that into my, my Friday, watching it at lunch, you know, watching it, I I, watching it at home (laughs) when I'm getting ready for work, you know, and they're not up yet. and, And they're like, dad, why can't you just wait and watch it with us Friday night? And I'm, because I'm getting messages from people. So like a coworker texts me that morning and I happen to have seen it already, but um, like it's, it's dangerous. It's dangerous, but people are watching it and they're confused. And when I explained like to my, my coworker, I explained to him, Hey, this, here's what you need to know about Billy and Tommy in the comics. And he's like, Oh, that's so intriguing. You know, and it's so interesting. And I think that he still would have enjoyed it if it had played out you know, as it plays out without knowing that, but knowing that they look like that their Halloween costumes look like they look in the comic, you know, Ooh, that's really interesting. That's intriguing. So. Okay. Do we have any feedback, Ben? You know what we have? Uh, there was a couple things, but I, I think we, we're just going to have to, to close this episode down. We'll, we'll come back to that later. So do you guys have anything more from your notes that you'd like to talk about? Let me get my notes to make sure. Mm. Uh, I think I hit everything. Malcolm in the middle movies, reference night of the living dead, Agnes, what's an Avenger themes. Oh, we didn't even, Oh man. Okay. This is what, <laughs> this is what I'll end on. This is my last big note. And that is now finally, this episode kind of brings to light something I should have recognized earlier about why this matters so much to Monica. And it's because she has lost everything. She came back from the blip and her mom was gone. And so she recognizes Mm. loss and grief. And I think she wants to help Wanda because she, well, she actually says this out loud. She says, I know what Wanda's going through. You know, and, and that's why I, okay. So why did they have her mom die? You know, well, this is, this is part of why is this gives her a really strong motivation to help someone who is in a similar situation and who has lost everything important. And yeah, I, I like, I like what they're doing with, with Monica in that scenario there. I also like the whole thing where they're like, you can't do this because you had your cells rewritten twice already a third time. Who knows what might happen? Well, we, we know what might happen. She might turn into a superhero. She already is turning into something, but you know, the fact that she says, well, I I don't care about the, the fact is for her, I don't care about what you're talking about. I've seen so many cells in my life remission and, and cancer and, and all this. And then she's just, I'm doing this to help someone who needs help because I know what she's going through. Mm. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Great line. And, and again, she's, this is, this is again, it's, it's kind of like what we saw in captain America. First Avenger before he actually got the serum, he was already a superhero just by the choices he was making and the bravery he was putting up when he was put into a corner and, you know, he got knocked knocked down, but he kept getting back up. She's she keeps getting knocked down by Hayward, but she keeps getting back up and saying, "Look, I we need to help her and not fight her." 
with great power comes great responsibility. That's a great quote. I love it. It's great. It's wonderful. But here's the other thing is it doesn't matter if you have great power, whatever power you have comes with responsibility. And, you know, you can argue about where the responsibility actually comes from, you know, morally speaking or whatever. Uh, For me personally, I I believe that there is a right and wrong. I believe that there's good and there's evil. And I believe we need to align ourselves with good and, and that, um, that, you know, there's a personal God and all these things. But for me, these, these things just resonate with me because I look at this and say, I'm not a superhero, but I want to be like Superman. I want to use what I have to help other people. And I'm not perfect when I do it. And I'm not perfect when it's because sometimes I don't do it, you know, but these stories inspire me and they are doing a great job with vision and a great job with Monica inspiring me to, you know, to see there's people who are hurting and they need help. And that's our world right now. There are people who are hurting and they need our help. And some of those people who are hurting are us. You know, we are hurting and we need people's help. But while we're going through this, we're going through it together. There are people who are hurting and they need our help. And that is Vision's mission in this episode. And that is Monica's mission in this episode. And Jimmy and Darcy are going to jump in on her mission because they recognize someone who has a vision for a good thing to do the right thing. So I have gotten on so many soapboxes on this episode, even after I said I was going to step off them, but that's you know, my final word. <laughs> talking about Monica reminded me that there is another character in the MCU that was, they got their powers directly from an infinity stone. And that's, um, uh, Carol Danvers, uh, Captain Marvel, but mm-hmm. she was not blipped. No, she wasn't. I can't think of a character that was blipped that got their that got their powers from an Infinity Stone. Well, Wanda. Except for Wanda. Uh, except for Wanda. But how many people got their powers from a stone? Three? And one of them was a robot who actually got life from the stone. Right. Right. But what I'm saying is because Thanos used the stones to, you know, blip everybody, not kill them, blip them. That's a very distinct difference in the MCU. She is the only one who also then had the extra added whatever to be that came from the stone, came from the stones that we've seen, right? There could have been other people, whatever. But the characters that we saw, she was the only one who had this, you know, her powers come from a stone that got blipped. Well, I think there's a, a nice symmetry there, though. I mean, I never thought about this before, but the whole 50 50 thing, you know, that Thanos mm-hmm. did. Well, there's two. And 50 50, Wanda was 50% on this side, and Carol was on the other side. With that fifty-fifty mm-hmm. coin flip, and it's I, I, it's really interesting. Which makes Probably you nothing. wonder. I mean, if if it had been Carol and and not Wanda, would Carol be acting this way? Y- you know what? I don't think so. No, no, because no. Wanda, Wanda, Wanda might not be acting this way though. Childhood. That's true. Wanda yeah. would have had more time to process and to deal with things and. Hey, we, we need to, we need to close this episode down. So I've had my final word. 
I, I'm got off my soapbox, but uh, I I I feel like I've I I feel like I've been able to explain why I like this this series so far. <laughs> it it hits the TV stuff and it hits the moral stuff and it hits yeah the MCU stuff. It's very good. Yeah. So final that words from you two, and then we will close this episode down. I would like to thank the people that wrote in and gave us feedback and we, we will read it in the future. Um, uh, Patreon patrons. I would like to thank Jeffrey Tassel, blessed cheesemaker and zero eight four. Thank you very much. And you know, normally I have a quote. I don't, I don't have one though. So I think I'm just going to throw it to you guys. You guys have a quote. Um, you can end this episode with, come on guys. I'm I'm giving it to you. Samantha? Mm. Why didn't anybody tell me the plan? Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard from us, now we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a voicemail by calling one seven seven five five level 7 That's one seven seven five 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 three eight three five seven. Or send us an email to feedback at welcome to level 7com Just don't forget the seven is spelled out. You can also go to welcome to level 7com slash feedback and leave us a message there. Or join us on our Facebook group, Facebook.com slash welcome to level seven. The seven is spelled out. And don't forget, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash welcome to level seven, the seven is spelled out, and become a Patreon supporter there. Once again, thanks so much for listening, and Godspeed. All right, speaking of plans, we don't have a plan for post credit. <laughs> uh, uh, I, oh, I have a question for you. I have a question for you. Okay. So they mentioned Shangri La. Does Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings interact with Shangri La at all? I don't think so. That's kind okay. of what Iron Fist was. Was that kind of Shangri La? Uh, <gasps> Does Thank this mean we're going to get Iron Fist in the in back in the MCU? I think it does. Yeah, I don't know. There's so many internet rumors. So many internet rumors about how they're going to bring back this or that and and Netflix might actually be acknowledged to be part of the MCU, which it's not going to be. It is part of the MCU. It's already been no, acknowledged. But it's not going to be acknowledged. It's like we're done. <laughs> No, they're done, but I I don't know. I don't know. There's We have had confirmation in the past that that there was a point when they were starting to put together the script for Infinity War that that the Netflix characters were on the table for characters to use and they just, just in the end they decided not to go that direction. And so there, you know, Peter Parker might have Matt Murdock as a lawyer. It maybe. You know, which is actually if they do that personally that's cool to me because one of the first times I remember just the the Marvel Universe kind of opening up a little bit was on Spider-Man and his amazing friends, the cartoon show, where Peter Parker 
or Spider-Man, I can't remember, gets arrested and Matt Murdock comes in as his defense lawyer. And then you have Stan Lee narrate what Peter Parker doesn't know is Matt Murdock is actually the, the death defying Daredevil. And they actually show Daredevil jumping from rooftop to rooftop. And then you go back to the courtroom and <laughs> Matt Murdock is just the lawyer. He doesn't do any Daredevil shenanigans in that episode. But to me, I, I watched that and I just, what? Are you serious? And it really did kind of open things up for me a little bit as a little kid. Like, this is so cool. They referenced Daredevil. That's what I like about these MCU shows and movies. And, you know, we, we didn't suffers the wrong term, but we sort of lived through this hashtag. It's all connected um, with the TV show with agents of shield. And it was, and then it wasn't. And then it really wasn't. And then I think we're coming back around to it again. And that's fantastic. Love it. And if there is a multiverse, which there is, I guess, what I <laughs> what I want to do is sit down and Doc Brown chalkboard this thing, and and oh, figure you're out just like going to drive yourself nuts. I know, but that's why I didn't want them to go there because I didn't want to get driven crazy by it. Well, they already sort of did that in Endgame. They did for like the 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 branch, you know. Yeah, the, but like the two, yeah what I really want to do is figure out, okay, so at what point did our team of agents from agents of shield break off from the primary MCU universe to go into their own thing? And then these other universes that might get brought in at what point were they splintered off? And yeah, that direction lies madness for certain, but that's but where I they're don't taking us. know that it's there. Like, I don't even know that, that, it is a defined thing. It would all be, I mean, it's, it's all going to be headcanon anyway, but yeah. Yeah. It's my doc Brown chalkboard. It's not going yeah, to be, but there's not, there's not even like, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't think that there's a, a specific point in agents of shield where you can say, Oh, that's where they went. I, I, I do. Oh, you do you? I, I, I do. I think it would be, I, I don't have the precise point, but it will be at some point during what was it? Season six, when they go to the future and then they start doing these because they went to the future before the snap. They went to the future at, at the beginning of season five or so, at the end of season four, depending on which way you want to look at it. But they went before the snap yeah. and then they come back and Th- then that's it. The, yeah. Then that's it. That I could mean, that's, be. You're you're asking about the Doc Brown point, and and I mean that's ding 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 ding. That's pretty on on point. <laughs> that's that's where I would put it if we're gonna yeah have them. If you're gonna draw that chalkboard, that's where I'm, I would yeah. put it there too. Yeah. Well, for me, if that if that's where you want to put it, I would say that the Doc Brown moment where where the Avengers split split away from the main time timeline was when they made the choice to go into the past to retrieve the stones. But that's the Avengers. And so that's where yeah. another splinter. Yeah. So I'm not saying I'm going to do it, but I am saying I'm going to be thinking about it more than I should to the For point the where I might do it of your life. <laughs> mm. You know what I'm thinking about right now? Going to bed. Going to bed. <laughs> that, yeah, that is also true. Hey, so let's close this down. We're going to get this episode yeah. out as quickly as we can. And then we are not too far away from, 
episode Friday. seven. Friday. Right. Okay. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Bye. Good night.